Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. He's done it again. Marcus Rashford on his Premier League debut. Aguero. Harry Kane does it again for Tottenham Hotspur. Leicester City. Leicester City are the champions of England. Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of FanRack Sports Premier League Podcast with me, Sebastian Oren, Bonnie Quistel, and Elliot, the beer drinker, Niblock. <laughs> I like that middle name. Yeah. Skull. Uh, yeah. Salute. And all the other things you say when you cheer and have a beer. Uh yeah, we're not going to talk about beer. We're going to talk about soccer and look back at what happened this uh, weekend. A very interesting weekend, and we're going to start by gloating. Chelsea beat Arsenal 3-1. to Let's get that out of the way. Polly, unleash your gloatiest gloatiness on Elliot. The hottest gloaty takes. Um, the hottest gloaty takes. So, uh, coming into the game, I think we all thought that... Chelsea were a better team than Arsenal, and the 3-1 scoreline reflected that. Oh, and who had the 3-1 scoreline? Mm, this guy. <laughs> oh, and who predict- And who said the title race is over, I don't know, seven, eight, nine weeks ago, and you were still trying to be like, eh, no, I don't think so, eh, blank, ah. Uh. <laughs> oh, my God. I have Chelsea choke, and we get to then show our – I have our own Gloaty McGloaterson Yeah, Mark that down, said, pull that piece right now, like, <laughs> so that if Chelsea do choke, uh, you could play that on loop for eternity. And I'm telling you to do that because it's just not going to happen. I'm okay, so it's confident gonna it's just not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, they, they because, did look really good. And it's not only that. It was – uh, at Christmas time, Chelsea were playing at like record-breaking pace, mm-hmm. and it was like even if they come back to earth and play at uh, a very good pace, but not record-breaking pace, every other team to chase them would have to play so much better than how they were currently playing. And precisely zero teams are playing better than how they were playing in the first half of the year. Yeah, I mean they they've been one of the <laughs> teams that have been very consistent. So um, yeah, definitely they're. Big front runners. I don't think they're gonna slip up. Um, oh, and by I mean, the way, uh, Europe, Europe starts again next week. Oh, it sure does. Guess who's not bogged down by Europe? Chelsea and Todd or Liverpool. <laughs> Tottenham soon. Hey man, all European leagues matter. Nope. But yeah, three one. Um, Pretty straightforward game. Chelsea dominating. Marcus Alonso got the first goal, and then Eden Hazard and Shisk Fabregas also got on the score sheet. A little consolation goal by Giroud there at the end for Arsenal, but there was uh, no doubt that Chelsea was going to walk away with all three points in this one. I do think, I mean, I, I still think that Chelsea probably would have won this match, but the first goal, it just, 
I can't for the life of me understand what, how you can't call a foul on that. I mean, he elbows Bellerin in the face to win the ball. And I was like, oh, well, he just, he, he wanted it more. Like, well, yeah, but you still can't hit a player in the face and trying to challenge for the ball. But Champions I mean, get those calls. Oh, fuck. Uh, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, we're friendly language here. Yep. I, whatever. I, I don't think that... I don't think that Arsenal would have won this game had that call gone their way, especially with the way that Courtois played. Because I think that, you you know, I, I at least I have to at least say that I was happy to see Arsenal working the goalkeeper, something that they hardly did at all in their midweek game. Mm-hmm. So I think that they played better than they did midweek, but they still were deserved losers on the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, which, which one hurts the most? This one or the the loss against Watford? Watford hurts way more. Watford hurts because it's at home. It's against a team you know you should beat, and it's on a match day when the lead leader has dropped points. Yeah. I can mean, can can Cochrane ever show his face around North London ever again? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's put in a lot of good performances. At this point, I feel like he's... Adam Hazard just emasculated him. Oh, yeah. Well, no, but that's... No, say nothing of Eden Hazard, right? Eden Hazard is a world-class player. Troy Deeney, all credit to him. Troy Deeney emasculated him. Like... Yeah, but looked... I, in this regard, in this regard, I mean, Cochran, like, Hazard fooled him a couple of times, and Cochran did what any self-respecting midfielder would do there. He'd be like, Oh wow! You just showed me up. Well, now we can't play anymore. And he tried to just pull him down, and he, he went for a ride on Hazard's back and ended up on the ground, eating eating dirt. I mean, uh, I'm not saying he covered himself in glory here, but I still think that that performance, you know, along with many others, was more woeful midweek than it was at the weekend. Hmm. Another team that is in a sort of a disarray right now. That's Liverpool. We get to gloat some more, Polly. Um, yeah, they're bad. Like, two, what's going on with Liverpool? Two nothing defeat to Hull. Oof. And it was away from Anfield this time. Yeah, it was. But I mean, I, you know what? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. It makes our it makes our nil nil draw against Hull not so bad. I mean, it's still two drop points, but yes, I understand what you're saying. It's still two saying. drop points, but hey, we beat them in the League Cup semifinal, and we beat them, and we didn't lose to them. We didn't lose 2-0 to them. Nope. Yeah, so Alfred Ndaye and Omar Niasse with the goals for Hull. And, um, I mean, things are getting super interesting there down towards the bottom of the table. Um Hull. This was all right. Wait, hold on. When I did turn this game on in Mm -hmm. the second half, this was a very interesting tactical display from Hull. Um, Some people may refer to this as parking the bus, (laughs) but this was so much more than that. Like, they didn't just park the bus in the 18. They, and I tweeted this out, and I tweeted two screen grabs where they literally. We're playing how many defenders can we get inside the six-yard box? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they built a as wall. If, like, as if, like, if we all just line up, like, on the goal line, even though only one of us can use our hands, like, there just won't be any room for the ball to go in. Yep. And there's literally uh, – all right, so I have this one in the 71st minute. 
uh, after Coutinho tried to cross one in. You have the goalkeeper. You have one, two, three, four defenders in the six-yard box and one player with one foot on the six-yard box. He's the one that ended up clearing it out. You have the one earlier, about four minutes earlier, where Coutinho missed a shot wide. You have the goalkeeper, and then you have one, two, three, four, four more defenders in the six-yard box with um, one of them with one foot in the box and three more within about two yards of the box. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, let's park the bus in the box. It was literally like, if we all just stand in the six-yard box, there's literally no room for the ball to go in. And somehow, even despite playing that, they still added a second goal. Yeah. Yeah, no, they they took off the wheels of Whoa. the bus and just put the bus yeah. in the six yeah. and stack and stack the wheels on the roof of yep. the bus to take up more space. Yes. To to my mind, what's most impressive is not that they won two nil, just not one nil, but those weren't their only chances, right? They had other chances throughout the game. Where yes, throughout the game, yeah, yeah. but it, like for the last half hour, they were playing. Let's just stand oh, yeah. inside no. of this six yeah. yard area. Which fine, I mean, fine. You're and, in a relegation so battle. You know, like. Right. It's not it wasn't so shocking that Liverpool, you know, failed to break them down. No, but I mean, like by, in like the 82nd minute, I was like, all right, like, at least I know Liverpool aren't going to win this game. But like, I mean, Hall are literally playing in the box that it's hard to imagine them holding on the whole way. And then somehow they scored again. Yeah, I mean, it's the concern right now is that Liverpool haven't have they've only won one game in this calendar year. We're five weeks into the year. They've won one match this whole year, and that was on a replay against a fourth division side. Mm-hmm. And they won that game like one nothing. Yeah, well, no, I mean, Liverpool are in extremely dire straits. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, too, that, you know, we've been talking about, you know, when Fellaini plays for United, that's a that's a weakness. That's a, that's a sign of, you know, they do have other players, but Mourinho doesn't seem to like them as much as he likes Fellaini. But when you get Lucas... And James Milner in the starting eleven for Liverpool, and you got Simon Mignolet in net. That's that's just that's a trio that should not be starting for a club that's challenging for the title, or at least pretending to. Yeah. Well, they're not. I, who wants to hear the most the misleading stat of the week? Yes, please. Uh, Jurgen Klopp has an identical record to Brendan Rodgers in his opening fifty-four Premier Leagues as Liverpool. <laughs> Premier League games as a Liverpool boss. That is the most misleading stat you'll ever see. Wow. Does not take into account the fact that uh, Brendan Rodgers had Luis Suarez for that first year and had an unbelievable season and then was absolute crap yeah. for yeah. The... after that. Yeah, but I mean, they have two losses, three draws in the last five here in the league. They're down to fifth. They're one point ahead of United. Yeah, and and I I mean I texted my friend Saturday morning or Sunday morning, I think. Yeah, when Manchester after Manchester City won, um, I texted him. He's a Liverpool fan. And I just said, "Hey, welcome to life outside the top four. And I was like, "It's really not that bad. Uh, just don't get too comfortable because Everton are kind of closing in on us." Hmm. Yep. Speaking of Everton, segue. Well done, Seb. What a... No, it's not so well done now that you paused, mentioned what it. What a game. 6-3 yeah. against Bournemouth. I feel like I should get uh, I should get 
No, you, know, you get no consolation points. bonus no points, points for predicting it was going to go be a goal fest. No. <laughs> you I told predicted you guys five goals in the game, and there were nine. No. You, yeah. you weren't even close. Nope. Weren't I, was, even close. I, was, I still win by prices Right rules, okay? <laughs> Everton scored twice as many goals as you predicted them to. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 6-3 uh, okay, win, Romelu Lukaku, four goals. He's now the leading goal scorer in the league. James McCarthy and Rose Barkley also scored for Everton. Joshua King scored a pair for Bournemouth along with Harry Arter. Uh, yeah, goals galore here, really. It was fun to see. It was. I did turn it on when it when I saw that Bournemouth had come back and made it 3-2. And then and I sat there and I went, all right, I either need Bournemouth to tie it or I need Everton to just score one more because I was thinking about how it predicted 3-2. Yeah, no, I, I had – I did watch <laughs> And the... then as soon as they scored one more, I shut it off. And I was like, all right, that the game's over. There's like six minutes left. Yeah. No, I did first half of Crystal Palace Sunderland. And then uh, I did second half Hull – against Liverpool. <laughs> but I had that, what's it called? Um, the, one, the one feed where you get to see all the other goals as they come in. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, know. I mean, I had, uh, I, I had, I, I was just doing Liverpool and then I just opened up on my phone. I opened up Everton yeah. uh, and Bournemouth when I saw that that one was kind of getting interesting. Yeah, 6-3. So that puts Everton... They're five points behind United. They're still in seventh place. Five points behind United, six points behind Liverpool. And uh, they are scoring goals. They've scored more goals than United. Everybody has. Not everybody, but um, a lot. Anybody good. I mean, Liverpool (laughs) have scored as many goals as anybody else in the league. United have only one more goal scored than Bournemouth. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Liverpool and Arsenal are tied for most goals in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. True. Very, very true. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither of them are going to win the title, and both are going to yeah. be scrapped for top four. Great. <laughs> yeah, but what, what do we say about Lukaku, though? Should he... I mean, he should go to a better team. Well, uh, that's what... What's his face? That's what Ronald Koeman kind of suggested. <laughs> he said Lukaku should be playing at a higher level. Yeah. I so no I see I um, I don't know <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. No. If I'm so I'm going to play not necessarily devil's advocate but Belgian's advocate. If I am a supporter of the Belgian national team, I want Romelu Lukaku to stay exactly where he is. Because yeah, agreed. he is in let me he is in an analogous position to what Josie Altador was at AZ Alkmaar, except that instead of playing in the Air Divisa, he's playing in the best league in the world. He is the first name on the team sheet at not a perennial ch- like title challenging club, but a perennial top flight club in England, and he is playing all the football he wants. He's still scoring plenty of goals. And he's clearly as much in his comfort zone as he's ever been anywhere in the like course of his career. So, granted, you know, if I'm Romelu Lukaku personally, yeah, maybe I want to challenge myself with Champions League football. That's fine. But from the perspective of 
a Belgian national team supporter. I want him to stay at Goodison Park as long as possible because he's getting tons of football, he's playing well, and he's still playing against some of the best players in the world. Totally by your argument for that, but I do feel that he would do a good job for any of the top four teams in the league. Yeah, I agree with that. He's he's a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, put you know, switch out Giroud for Lukaku, and Arsenal might actually have a shot. <laughs> I don't know. I our our problems are so much deeper. So much that, more. So much more. Yeah, and and honestly, I think that in many times in the past, getting a striker was the thing I was most concerned about, and that is no longer really the case. I mean, it's just there's an intangible mental fragility to this team that I don't think is reducible to the lack of goal scoring because, you know, as we just said, we've tied with Liverpool for the most goals scored, but we still shit the bed all the time. So who should should they bring in? If you can bring in anyone from any part of life here to be the mental health coach of Arsenal, who would it be? (laughs) Mental health coach? Wait, are we talking bringing in a striker or a mental health coach? Mental health coach here. Bring in a speaker that's going to motivate this team and get them to actually not shit the bed. Um, hmm. How about Vladimir Putin? Oh, He's steely. He's seen some shit. You know, he's not you willing know, to do Vendal anything. You know, was said to be a motivational speaker, and he would literally put his balls on the table. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll, we'll see. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what the next year holds for Arsenal from, you know, say nothing of motivational speakers, just managerial point of view. And a lot of that is contingent on where they finish, but I mean, I'm just, I, I, I think that, you know, Paulie, something you've said on this show time and again is that Arsenal are going to have their post-Wenger growing pains the same way that United struggled after Fergie left. And I, while I think that's true, I also just, the idea of choking again in the same old manner is just so frustrating to me. And I think that a lot of the kind of most vocal Wenger out elements of the Arsenal fan base are just totally mental and have such short memories and they can be vitriolic to the point that I find disgusting in what they say about Arsene Wenger because he still achieved amazing things. But at this point, it just seems clear to me that his time needs to be over. Right, he can end it. He doesn't have to end it ignominiously, but I think it's time for it to come to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, seem to be very tight-lipped. Do you know if there's like any rumors? Are they even negotiating? I mean, he's he's frequently said they're tight-lipped by his standards mm-hmm. because he, you know, he always says I play out my contract, but he's also in the past been far more vocal about wanting to sign new deals than he has been. I I don't know. I mean, I don't think... I'll, I'll say this much. I don't think that there's kind of a pre-established you achieve this and we give you a new deal, you don't and we won't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I my conjecture is that it's kind of open-ended on both sides, that neither one really wants to commit to the future until they see how this season shakes out. But, 
you know, the season is not shaking out well. I mean, even if the one we, rumor that I heard was that he wasn't coming back, I, which I that would not surprise me. Right. I mean, it would be we finish fourth in his perennial. It's like a trophy. Maybe he's lucky enough to win the FA Cup as well. That's that that's going to be not <laughs> going to be hard to do it when you got to beat Jose does, Mourinho. Probably the one he deserves. Mm. Going to be hard to do it when you got to beat Jose Mourinho, let alone Sutton United. Okay, back into the depths of the uh, bottom of the table. Sunderland beating Crystal Palace 4 nothing. Phenomenal first half by Sunderland. Uh, Lamine Kune, ninth minute. Then Didier Endong, 43rd minute. And then Jermaine Defoe. Pauly has been uh, having a little man crush on him all season long. <laughs> Two goals in added time. All career long. Like, All Jermaine Defoe's always been like one of my favorite strikers that I would never, ever, ever want to play on my team. Okay. Um, yeah, two goals in injury time in the first half, both on assists by Adnan Janosai. That's a soft J. You got to learn when to soft J and when to hard J. Ah, oh, whatever. <laughs> Polly with the priorities there. That was Janosai is a soft J. Uh, he is what Belgian with Albanian roots. It's a soft J, kind of like on a scale of one to ten in terms of goodness of a as a footballer. Ashley Young is a soft four. <laughs> uh, I mean, is he? Yenizai is technically still on loan, right? He's not signed to a permanent yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. He's a loaner. It's good we could call him back next year because we don't have any wide players. So there's plenty of room for him on our team. Yeah, I mean, is this is he finally starting to show? I mean, because he, he had that no, spell no, where he, he had one okay. good year. Yeah, he had one good year. It came along at the at the right time because he got to go to the World Cup with it, uh, and he has done nothing to replicate that success. And I think it's partially been manager's fault. Uh, I, I don't understand why, like, Louis Van Hal comes in and looks at him and says, oh, I think you're uh, a right winger or you're a number 10 and I'm going to start playing you there, even though, like, you had Wayne Rooney and you had, uh, at the time, you or, you yeah, eventually you got Angel Di Maria and you had Juan Mata. It's like you had plenty of guys that could play on the right side and down the middle and even Moyes did it sometimes. He would play him out on the right. It was The guy was just a perfect, natural left winger. Mm-hmm. And everybody started moving him around and expecting all these things from him. And it's like, no, the guy's, you know, really good at going down the left side, crossing the ball in, being a late arriver, and smashing it in with his left foot. He's really not good at, you know, running things through the middle of the field or or being on the right side and cutting it back into the middle of the field on his left foot. That's not his game. He was always just a natural left winger, and in today's day and age, that doesn't work anymore. Like that's not good enough for a manager. Yeah, even mean, though somehow Antonio Valencia seems to have a million lives <laughs> as as a completely <laughs> right-footed right winger, he's the only one in the world that managers are like, "We're just going to leave you on the right." Like everybody else, it's like, "Oh, you could play and you you're creative and you could cross the ball. We better we better play you all across the front line because why not?" Mm, Von Hall even tried uh, him as a striker. Yeah, like why? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But who's Sunder- the one that's going to provide you the service? Yeah, 
So Sunderland, they are still at the bottom of the standings, but if you will look at it here, Middlesbrough in 15th, they got 21 points. Same for Leicester in 16th, Swansea 17th. Then you got Hull in 18th with 20 points, and then Crystal Palace 19th, 19 points, and Sunderland 20th, 19 points. So, yeah. I mean, it is getting real tough down there. Do we Look, think, here's, do we, do we think here's Bort, the, here's the fun thing safe? about this season. Uh, if they play at the right pace, if they yes, play at their Bort, current Bournemouth, pace. Bournemouth are definitely safe. They can't suffer a dip in form. They just have to play, like, you know, get points in the games that they're supposed to get points in. Well, they have three losses and two draws in the uh, last five. Yeah, they. I mean, uh, we'll see. I, I think Bournemouth are definitely safe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, also remember, none of those teams, like, I don't, I, I just can't see, like, three of those teams at the bottom all of a sudden taking off and winning a bunch of games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if we're looking. I could, uh, you know, like, I, I could see any of them doing that. I yeah. can't see three of them doing it at the same time. Yeah, looking at the form right now of those teams between 15th and 20th, Swansea, they're the best. They have three wins in the last five. Then you got Hull with two wins. And then you got Crystal Palace with one win, Sunderland with one win. Uh, worst form is Leicester. One draw and then four straight losses. And they were handedly defeated 3-0 by Manchester United. On Sunday. Mikitar- yes. and Ibrahimovic and Mata with the goals. Are you going to bring up the vote of confidence from the board or no? Uh, for Ranieri, yeah, I mean, we can talk about it. I mean, I, just, it I, should, know, like, should, I mean, is there any point in firing him now? Well, like, here's the question is... No. Who are you going to bring in? Here's the question is, how how bad has Manchester United become that you lose 3 nothing to Manchester United and all of a sudden everybody's like, well, we better fire the manager. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was that like, game. It used, that to be was just the, lost, uh... it used to be you lost to United 3-0 and you're like, all right, yeah, well, yeah, that's United. We weren't supposed to win that game. Yeah. Now it's now it's like, oh, we, we dropped points against Tottenham and then we lost 3 nothing against against Manchester United. It's like, wow, well, now we better fire the manager. I feel like well, it's we, been we, simmering you know, we, for a We bit, lost though. to West Ham, but it was the 3-0 loss to Manchester United that put us over the edge. Yeah. No, but I think if you're if you're looking at the results here, you know, scoreless against Middlesbrough, 3-0 defeat Southampton, one nothing defeated Burnley. I mean, I, I would say that the losses against Chelsea and United, whatever, really, but they haven't been performing. They've been... A, they haven't so, been, they, but... They've been so, so poor. And the thing is that the they were giving them the vote of confidence. It's also the owner's fault. Like the owner went out and bought, um, the owners went out and bought all the players' cars, making the players just not hungry anymore. You know how much pizza? You know how much pizza they ate last year? So that pizza's just still sitting in their stomach. No. And. It's not. It's I'm not so about hungry. being hungry either. I mean, they they did. <laughs> just United's problems: cars and undigested. No, pizza. Lester. Lester's problems. Lester's I mean, problems. The players. The players don't have the same fire that they did last year. They don't have the same skill. No, that's true. Okay. So the thing is that they had a group of players that all hit their peak at the same time, yeah. and there are yeah. some and players. They don't have that anymore. There's some players that they should have moved on from after last season. 
Like thinking uh, thinking that Robert Huth and Wes Morgan would be as dominant again this yeah, season. Yeah, they should have. Well, Mm-mm. I mean, they they should have at least. Yeah, they should have let Arsenal sign Jamie Vardy. Yeah, yeah. I don't. It's hard to say that you would have expected Riyad Mahrez to fall off a cliff like oh, this. Oh no, no, absolutely not. But I mean, if you if you look at several of these players, and it's so clear how much Angola Conte meant for that team, they should have yeah. they should have really just kept all their efforts exactly in keeping him and then get rid of like you said Vardy that's fine Morgan and Huth I mean really um, you're gonna hear no arguments from either of us on that yeah so it's um, it's a shame we'll see if they manage to stay up or if they're actually gonna end up getting relegated I I think that they might get closer to the relegation zone. I don't think they're actually going to get dropped, but I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll see. It's not it's not unthinkable. I mean, yeah. I will go so far as to say I'm willing to declare Bournemouth safe. I'm not quite willing there to be there for Leicester just yet, but no. I still think they're going to make it. I yeah, still they're, think they're, they're not it. safe by any stretch of the imagination. Um, and I mean, they, they've brought in some decent players, but it's not it's just not working. I mean, Slimani, yeah, he's done all right. But overall, it's uh, it just hasn't worked out. Polly, are the cops driving to your apartment? There's a hospital block away. Oh, okay. Um, it's New York City. There's always cops driving somewhere. Okay. Manchester City, meanwhile. And it also might just be that they just want to go through red lights. They oh. do this from time to time. Okay. Manchester City, meanwhile, they uh, eked out a 2-1 to win over Swansea. Gabriel Jesus with both goals. And now he's the new little fan favorite there in the blue side of Manchester. Did you see, who was it um, who said that he was stupid for leaving, uh, Guero was stupid for leaving Atletico? Oh, I saw that today. That was was a hot take. It was was somebody on Madrid's board or the Atletico president or something. Yeah, that yeah, was that's a hot a, the president. That's who it was. Oh. It was just like, yeah, it was like, oh, he, he, like, he left in, under bad circumstances because he was stupid and he arrived as a hero and he like left through the stage door, or the back door, and it's like, but you you feel emboldened to say that because a younger player got two goals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, do you remember how Aguero arrived? He scored like a million goals in his first year and won the title for City. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the most maybe the most dramatic fashion, a title has ever been won in the Premier League since the advent of the. Premier God, League. I was so pissed at that game. Yeah, God. yeah that's one hundred percent true. It's the worst day of my fandom. Yeah. Literally my <laughs> least favorite day ever. But I, I, like greatness recognizes greatness. It was the best finish to a season that the league has ever seen. Yeah, yeah. It never should have happened. United completely collapsed that season. Uh. It did cause us to have the season of Van Persie, which was the last time I had fun watching this team. So, you've you had know. flashes of fun watching United since then. It's just been yeah, but you know, the like exception. the excitement that I had like every week that season when I was like, oh, there's a United game today. Like, oh, I get to watch them. Yeah. When you went in there and you were like, what's Van Persie gonna do? Because like people forget that that team bled goals, like. That that team was routinely like winning games three two four two, 
You know, they had to outscore their opponents, and they did because of Robin Van Persie's left foot. Yeah, although even if – I think their defense was suspect, but also – correct me if I'm wrong, but that was Van Der Sar's last season, and I think he, his championship – No, De Gea was – no, De Gea was already in that, that year. Oh, really? Well, no, uh, Van Der Sar retired two seasons prior after the uh, – after their, their their previous title, and then that's they it, got to Hay the following season when he was some flimsy twenty one year old. He was terrible. So that se- when that season started, Sir Alex Ferguson actually said, "I have two co number one goalkeepers in De Gea and Anders Lindegaard." Woof. And then by like <laughs> November, De Gea like was like, "Okay, Anders, go to the bench. You're you're done here." Mm. Mm. Back to Gabriel. And uh, Manchester City. So, two goals in the game for, for the young Brazilian. And uh, just how good can he be? Real good. <laughs> What else do you want to know? I, I mean, his, his ceiling is very high. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see, Real though. Real good. How, he's 19. He's pretty fucking good. Yeah. And we've spoken about this, too, that, you know, that City might need some hungry players in their squad. And it seems like everybody's talking about how enthusiastic he is and how happy he is all the time and i think it's that... been two games and people are talking about them selling aguero yeah, yeah Which, that's I a mean, little premature that's, that's a little much <laughs> yeah if anything hey man, arsenal need a striker yes yeah. god i would take him with both hands i would they're take not him gonna with both sell hands him to united like... they're not gonna sell him to united but that's okay because we'll have griezmann mm-hmm. Some marketing rep already came out and said, yeah, no, that's a good move for all parties involved. Yep. Wow. Because yeah. that was some marketing rep knowing that he could make headlines. Mm-hmm. That was some marketing rep being like, yeah, no, we could sell Antoine Griezmann a lot better on Manchester United than we can on Atletico Madrid. Yes. Yeah. Put him next to Pauli Pogba. Yep. What do we say about uh, Vili Caballero getting the start in net for City? The... Uh, um, said he figured it was going to be a close game and they wanted to make sure that they didn't concede a lot of goals. Is it Pep eating some of that humble pie? Uh, on the contrary, ooh, but devil's advocate, uh, all the attacks start from the goalkeeper in Pep's eyes and Willie Caballero not as good at starting attacks as um, as Claudio Bravo and so they only scored two goals <laughs> against Swansea. So... You know, they, if they need the attack to get bolstered, you better put Bravo in there. I don't know. I think that Swansea's looked a lot better under Paul Clement. They stern defense. Still, they only scored two goals, and you know, you, you gotta help. The transfer window's over, so you can't just bring in attacking help anymore. You better look to play your better attacking goalkeeper. Hey, unless you sign uh, Adebayor or someone else who's still a free agent. <clears throat> Yakubu is on trial at some league one side. There we go. Yeah, I saw today that Southampton, uh, they're about to sign Martin Cesaris on free transfer, former Juventus and Barcelona defender. So that could be interesting. What else happened that we should talk about? <laughs> I think we've gone through most of the games here. Uh, West Ham won. Congrats. 3-1 to yeah. over Southampton. West Brom. West Brom 1-0 over Stoke. Yeah. West Brom doing West Brom things. Yep. Yeah, they were the only team that didn't, like, break out and start scoring goals this weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Tottenham, they had a pretty tough time. Yeah, against Middlesbrough. I was going to say they only squeaked by. Yeah. 
one nothing. Right, but the penalty. Saturday ten o'clock games were just goal fests, mm-hmm. and West Brom were part of that. Yeah. True, true, true. Mm-hmm. Um, let's head into final thoughts before we wrap things up. Should I go ahead? Yeah, kick yeah. us off, Seb. Okay, so former Liverpool and France striker Gibril Cissé is uh, calling it quits. He's retiring to uh, focus on things outside of football. <laughs> and it includes... I'm going to read your quote here. I'm going <laughs> to give my, myself body and soul to my career as a DJ, a producer, and as a pundit, as well as develop my line of clothing. So it's. Uh, I'm happy to see that he has other things planned here. He is the man who had a... Uh, I want to say it was a gold Hummer. What, not platinum? No, it was, yeah, it was gold. Shit is weak. Yep. Okay. Interesting character, for sure. Elliot? All right, well, my uh, my final thought comes not from England, but rather from Germany with Bobby Wood today taking Hamburg through to the next round of the DFB Pokal, the goal and some fine play against Cologne in Germany's Cup. I mean, I am I am not exactly flying high on the U.S. national team at the moment, um, but he, he is a player that I've rated highly, you know, for a long time, and it was good to see him play so well. I mean, in addition to his goal, just, you know, kind of had an all-around good game and reminded me that, yes, there are there are good things about the U.S. national team, despite the dark cloud that seems to be hanging over not only the U.S. men's national team, but much of the nation these days. Yeah, but Hamburg just need to get their stuff together in the league, though, because... Hey, don't forget Julian Green scored his first goal for his club also Oof. yesterday. Yeah, well, uh... mm-hmm. All right, so yeah. uh, yesterday uh, when I listened to my Premier League podcast, they start, they opened up talking about the Super Bowl, which just reminds me uh, that British people talking about the NFL is one of my favorite things ever. I'd imagine <laughs> that I find it just as funny as British people do when Americans talk about soccer. <laughs> um, that was great soccer inflection too <laughs> but they were saying you know they were saying like because they don't want they were saying oh, they all watch the Super Bowl but they don't really watch the NFL that much and they're like what part of American sports would we like to see the Premier League adopt and the first person goes up there I really like the concept of the all-star game and I was just like no <laughs> do uh, not no. go there no. you moron the I'm answer like, is replay all- technology replay technology <laughs> I was like, I was like, soccer already has all-star games. They're called international friendlies. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, you, you don't need to bring them to the Premier League. We don't need – first of all, you'd have to redraw the teams every year to, like, figure out some sort of geographical zone of how to get a 10 on 10. And, I mean, if, if you do it by any league's rules where it's like every team has to be represented, like, it's not an all-star game. The All-Star Game is the World Cup. We get to watch it where the players are actually trying. It's a lot better than the made-for-TV All-Star Game where nobody cares. Yeah, All-Star Game Yeah, you, you should just tell them, come on, tune into the MLS All-Star Game where 
we play the B squad from one of your club teams. Well, they did mention that. They said the MLS has an all-star game, and they're like, it's more of just like a showpiece than a game. And it was like, yeah, that's like, I get it. All-star games in the 60s were awesome. They ain't like that anymore. God no. No no all star games. Back when winning back when winning an extra fifty thousand dollars meant something to the players, they were a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, with that we'll say goodbye as always. Follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren. Polly is P Cristal WFAN. And Elliot is Keats was better. Give FanRex Sports a follow as well. And we'll talk to you again later in the week. Until then, goodbye. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.